Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie Lenape and Canarsie lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! There's a big chance that you're not trusting your audience to be smart, and you may not even know that you're doing it. Audiences are smarter than you think, pick up on more than you'd expect, and are literally invested in your performance. So please, don't tell them what's happening. Show them with your story. Show, don't tell is a phrase that's commonly tossed around in the writing rooms for theater and all sorts of storytelling media, but a lot of people get confused on what exactly it means. And especially in musical theater, which is an art form that is half visual and half auditory. So aren't we always both showing and telling? Well, yes and no. The idea behind showing instead of telling is that you don't need to spend time and energy saying to an audience, Fred feels badly about what he's doing right now, but instead you can actually show them that through Fred's actions, words, the music, and physical movement. I have no idea who Fred is and what he's feeling bad about. When you do take the time and energy to blatantly say something that the audience was gonna pick up on anyway, it feels burdensome, it slows the pace, and it also comes across a little condescending, and we don't want that. Trust yourself as a writer and your audiences to all be savvy enough to understand human behavior, plus, you know, some singing and dancing, and to understand fully, to comprehend what is going on on stage in your story. But let's talk about four distinct ways you can go about showing instead of telling. Number one, create atmosphere and or a sense of time and place. Instead of saying it outright, which you could do with subtitles or something similar, you can use music and lyric create the atmosphere and let us know where we are. One of my favorite examples of atmosphere is in the prologue of Beauty and the Beast, when you get this lovely It tells you that we're in some sort of like fantastical place, it might be a little bit weird, a little bit dangerous, but also beautiful at the same time. All you really need is the opening of all that jazz to understand exactly where you are and what we are doing. This whole It's very showy, very vaudeville. Come on, baby, why don't we paint the town? And all that jazz. We already get a great understanding of where we are and what's happening. Another great one for a sense of time and place and action is the opening of a chorus line, which has that great five, six, seven, eight, da 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 Right, when you get to see all the people doing the dance off of that five, six, seven, eight, while someone's walking around and monitoring them all with the mirrors in the background, like, ah, you understand so clearly where we are and what we're doing. Number two, use what is and is not being stated. Instead of using a stage direction, be super clear on a character's emotions and intents through the dialogue and the way the scene itself moves. There's this beautiful scene in the show Once. It's toward the end of the show where it's just guy and girl on stage and they just made this incredible recording and they're so excited. Guy asks if she'll come over later so they could listen to the CD together and then they have this fun, delightful little interaction. But he says, come on, I'm serious. And at the end of it, she says, can I bring my mother? She never says no to the dream. 
But that says everything we need to know. Subtext. Speaking of subtext, number three, don't forget that music is your subtext. Let the music as you compose say what a character cannot or will not or isn't even aware of yet. One of my favorite examples is the song Shy from Once Upon a Mattress. The lyric here is, I've always been shy, I confess it, I'm shy. But this is the music. I've always been shy, I confess it, I'm shy. Doesn't sound very shy, does it? In the song No One Else from Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, Natasha sings in her character establishment song called No One Else. And your childlike eyes and your distant smile, I'll never be this happy again. There's something bittersweet to what she's saying. But the words say, I'll never be this happy again. It gives us a great clue that there's something else going on underneath the surface, whether she's aware of it or not. And of course you can use music as subtext for comedic purposes as well. One of my favorite examples is A Summer in Ohio from the last five years. She sings, I could wander Paris after dark, take a carriage ride through Central Park, but it wouldn't be as nice as a summer in Ohio. Stripper and her snake. Wayne. You don't have to know anything about this character in this situation to get a sense that what she is saying is indeed false and she's not happy to be spending that summer in Ohio. Music is your subtext. By the way, we do some really great deep dives on this topic in the Musical Theater Writing Collective course, our flagship course. So if this is fun for you at all, then maybe the course is a good fit for you. And if you want to check it out and apply, you can do so in the link below. And number four, when in doubt, let your character's actions speak far louder than their words. One of my absolute favorite examples of this, and I know it's a little morbid, is the third Joanna in Sweeney Todd, when we get uh, Sweeney singing this. And are you beautiful and pale with yellow hair like her? I'd want you beautiful and pale the way I dreamed you sounds so beautiful he's saying such lovely things while he's slitting the throats of his customers. The action speaks louder than the words. One of my other favorite examples from more contemporary musical theater is You'll Be Back from Hamilton. We get all these lovely sentiments from King George as he's singing things like, Remember despite our estrangement, I'm your man. You know, then he gets to things like, I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. Da 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 da. Right, death threats through what is essentially a Beatles love song. And one more example, we have one perfect moment from Bring It On where Campbell is very much totally fine and not freaking out in the least. And we so believe her, right? I'm not freaking out, I'm really okay. I'm totally chill or I will be someday. Cause I'm so near the top there's so many mountains to climb. We get an understanding from the fact that she's right here having this freak out moment that she is not okay. You don't have to do anything more than that. Of course, all of these methods are useful, but they're not going to be particularly effective if you have not yet parsed out what your musical world and your musical motifs sound like. And if you want some information on how you can do that, then watch this video next. Otherwise, thank you all for being here with me today and I'll see you again soon. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.